Hello, hello guys, listeners. Ah, uh, welcome back to another episode. Let's start the episode. The dangers of a pure satinity. Erin sits across from me at the sushi restaurant and tries to explain why she doesn't believe in death. It has been almost three hours, and she has and she hasn't eaten exactly for and. and she has eaten exactly oh four cucumber rolls and drunk an entire bottle of sake for by herself in fact she is about halfway through bottle number 2 now it's 4 o'clock on tuesday afternoon i didn't invite her here she found out where i was where the internet and flew out to come come found me to come find me again she's done this before you see Erin is convinced that she can cure death but she is also convinced that she needs she needs uh, my help to do it but not my help in like a business sense if she just needed some pr advice or something that would be one thing no it's more than that she needs me, she needs me to be her boyfriend why After three hours of questioning and a bottle and a half of soak, half of sick, it still isn't clear. My fiance was with us in the restaurant, by the way. Erin thought it's important that she be included in the discussion. Erin wanted her to know that she was willing to share me, and that's my girlfriend now. Wife shouldn't feel threatened by her. I met Erin at a self-help seminar in 2008. She seemed like a nice enough person, a little bit on the woo-woo, new agey side of things. But she was a liar and had gone to an Ivy League school, and was clearly smart. And she laughed at my jokes and thought I was cute. So of course, knowing me, I slept with her. A month later, she invited me to approach across the country and move it, move in with her. This tucks me as somewhat of the red flag, and so I tried to break things off with her. She responded by saying that she would kill herself if I refused to be with her. Okay, so make that two red flags. I promptly blocked her from my email and all my devices. This would slow her down, but not stop her. Years before I met her, and had gotten into a car accident and nearly died. Actually, she met. Actually, she had medically died for a few mo- moments. All brain, all brain activity had stopped, but she had somehow miraculously been revived. When she came back, she claimed everything has changed. She became a very spiritual person. She became interested in and started believing in energy healing and. angels and universal consciousness and trot cards she also believed that she had become a healer and an empath and she could see the future wow look at the aaron and for whatever reason upon meeting me she decided that she and i were destined to save the world together to cure death as she put it
After I had blocked her, she began to create new email address, sometimes sending me as many as dozen angry emails in a single day. She created fake Facebook and Twitter account that she used to harass me as well as people close to me. She created a website identical to me and wrote dozens of articles claiming that I was her ex-boyfriend and that I had lied to her and cheated her, that I had promised to marry her and that she and I belonged together. When I contacted her to take the site down, she said that she would take it down only if I flew to California to be with her. This was her idea of a compromise. Although through all of this, her justification was the same. I was destined to be with her. The God had preordained it. That she literally woke up in the middle of the night to the voices of the angels commanding that our special relationship was to be harbinger of a new age of permanent peace on earth. Yes, she really told me this. By the time we were sitting in the sushi restaurant together, there had been thousands of emails where I responded or didn't respond, replied respectfully or replied angrily, nothing ever changed. Her mind never changed. Her beliefs never burned. This had gone on for over seven years by then and counting. And so it was in the small sushi restaurant with Erin guzzling sick and babbling for hours about how she had cured her cat's kidney stones with energy tapping that something's occurred to me. Erin is a self-improvement junkie. She spent tens of thousands of dollars on the book and seminars and courses. And the craziest part of all this is that Erin embodies all the lessons she learned to a T. She has her dream. She stays persistent with it. Embodies. She visualizes and takes actions and weather the rejections and failures and get up and tries again. She is she is relentlessly positive. She thinks pretty damn high of herself. I mean, she claims to heal cats the same way Jesus healed Lazarus. <laughs> Come to fuck on. And yet her values are so fucked that none of this matters. This fact that she does everything right doesn't make her right. There's a certainty in her that refuses to relinquish itself. She has even told me this in so many words that she knows her fixation is completely irrational and unhealthy and is making both her and me unhappy. But for some reasons, it feels so right to her that she can't ignore it and she can't stop. In the mid-1990s, psychologist Roy psychologist Roy Boyminster begins researching the couple concept of evil. Basically, he looked at people who had do bad things and at why they do them. At the time, it was assumed that the people did bad things because they felt horrible about themselves. That is, they had low self-esteem. One of the Roy's first surprising finding was that this was often not true. In fact, it was usually the opposite. Some of the worst criminals felt pretty damn good about themselves. And it was this feeling good about themselves in spite of the reality around them that 
gave them the sense of justification for hurting and disrespecting others. For individuals to feel justified in doing horrible things to the other people, they must feel an unwavering certainty in their own righteousness, rightness, in their own beliefs and deservedness. Racists do racist things because they are certain about their genetic superiority. Religious fanatics blow themselves up and murder dozens of the people because they are certain of their place in heavens as martyrs. Men rape and ab- abuse women out of their certainty that they are entitled to women's body. Evil people never believe that they are evil. Rather, they believe they are, that everyone else is evil. In conversational experiment now simply known as the Milgram experiment named for the psychologist Stanley Milgram, research told normal people that they were too Okay, where we were um, I'm sorry guys uh, where we were Okay and punish them they did sometimes escalating the punishment to the point of physical abuse almost none of the punisher object or ask for explanation on the contrary many of them seem to relish the certainty of the moral rightness bestowed upon them by experiment the problem here is that not only certain certainty and attainable but the pursuit of certainty often breeds more and worse insecurity many people have unshakable certainty in their ability at their job or in the amount of salary they should be making but that certainty makes them feel worse, not better. They see others getting promoted over them and they feel slighted. They feel unappreciated and under-acknowledged. Even a behavior as simple as sneaking peek at your boyfriend's text message or asking friends that people are say, saying about you is driven by insecurity and that itching desire to be certain. You can check my boyfriend, you can, oh sorry, you can check your boyfriend's text messages and find nothing. But but that's really the end of it. That Then you may start wondering if he has a second phone. You can feeling slighted and stepped over at the work to explain why you missed out on a promotion. But then that causes you to distrust your co-workers and second guess everything they said to you. And how you think they feel about you which in turn makes you even less likely to get promoted. You can keep pursuing that special someone's you are supposed to be with, but with each but with each rebuffed advance and each lonely night you may you only begin to question more and more what you're doing wrong. And it is and it is in that in these moments of insecurity of deep, deep despair that we become suspectable to an insidious entitlement believing that we deserve to cheat a little to get our way that other people deserve to be punished that we deserve to take what we want and sometimes violently it's a backward law again the more you try to certain about some things the more uncertain and insecure you will feel 
But the converse is true as well. The more you embrace being uncertain and not knowing, the more comfortable you will feel it in knowing that you don't know. Uncertainty removes our judgment of others. It permits the unnecessary stereotyping and biasness, um, biases that we otherwise feel when we see somebody on TV, in the office or on the seat. Uncertainty also relieves us of our judgment of ourselves. We don't know if we are lovable or not. We don't know how attractive we are and we don't know how successful we could potentially become. The only way to achieve these things is to remain uncertain of them and to be open to finding them out through experiences. Uncertainty is the root of all progress and all growth. As the old adage goes, the man who believes he knows everything learns nothing. We cannot learn anything without first not knowing something. The more we admit we do, we don't know, the more opportunities we gain to learn. Our values are imperfect and incomplete and to assume that they are perfect and complete is to put us in a dangerously dogmatic mindset that breeds entitlement and avoids responsibility. The only way to solve our problem is to first admit that our actions and beliefs up to this point have been wrong and not working. This openness to being wrong must exist for any real change or growth to take place. Before we can look at our values and and prioritizations and change them into better, healthier ones, we must first become uncertain of our current values. We must intellectually strip them away, see their faults and biases, see how they don't fit in with much of the rest of the world to stare. on to stare our own ignorance in the face and concede because our own ignorance is greater than us all. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening this episode. Goodbye. Till next episode.